The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leon Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about nutrition to help boost your immunity and boost your mood. It's so often that we don't think about what we put in our bodies, right? And how it affects overall condition. I feel as if I talk a lot about how food can cause inflammation. And we talked about that, you know, as we go through and we talk about aches and pains or heart disease or You know, all of your (laughs) most primary care physicians will always say, eat healthy and exercise. No, whether they not, whether or not they give you extra guidance after that, always questionable, but it's one that there is a huge impact. So I want to explain how food and nutrition can affect your immune system. And I also want to explain how food and nutrition can help your mood because so oftentimes we just we feel sad or we're sick all the time you know I had um there was someone that I know and just sick all the time sick all the time and I'm just like hey are you always this sick like it was just to the point where it was like if it wasn't one thing then it was another and that was another and we were in the middle of summer which, you know, is less quote-unquote cold and flu season, which I have a thought process about that whole thing. But, you know, and if that if you're that sick that often, you can't feel well. And so much of it, we draw back to, you know, how are you nourishing your body? What are you eating that's depleting your immune system and your mood? What are foods that you can eat or changes that you can make to your nutrition that can increase your mood? And that can increase your immunity. So it's all things that you have in your control. I can tell you that 99.9% of the population has 100% control over the food that they put in their mouth. If you're an adult. Interestingly enough, that same goes to children. Like your children and your family, what you put in front of them affects their mood affects their immunity and as a fellow mom who also is married has a husband my husband's mood greatly affects me my children's mood greatly affects me 
my husband's immune system greatly affects me. <laughs> oh, he doesn't really listen to my podcast, so I'll just, um, you know, it's like when me and the kids get like a little cold, and then all of a sudden a week or two later, someone's like, oh my gosh, is your husband okay? And I'm like, yes, he had the same mild bug we had a couple weeks ago which apparently affects him differently so yes my husband's immunity also the man cold also affects me it's so when we're looking like how can we just do better can we learn more to put these things in action so as we notice maybe our mood is not the greatest or our immune system's not doing well what changes proactively can you make to start increasing both of those but before we dive into it, i have some news Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's health in the news, we are talking about the newest superfood. The newest superfood is good for humans and the planet. I was interested to see what they conjured up with this. So they say when most of us read the words plant-based diet, we tend to think of those foods as kale salads and grain bowls or trendy meat replacements. Those meat replacements are awful, by the way. It does not say that in the article. That is my knowledgeable opinion. But there is one non-meat option that's gaining attraction as far as newest superfood. And that is, drum roll, dun, 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 seaweed. <laughs> seaweed, yes. The brownish green ribbons and bundles of oceanic plant-like matter that wash up on the beaches is, in fact, edible. Nori right? The papery sheets used to wrap sushi rolls, as well as ramen bowl garnishes, is likely one of the well-known enjoyed seaweed. But these large leafy algaes come in hundreds of colorful varieties, including wakame, kombu, red dulce, sugar kelp. Seaweed helps to support other marine life and to clean the water surrounding it. When out of the water, it can bring more nutrition and minerals to our diet. Even though we try to eat healthy, we rely on a land-based, soil-based agriculture for the most part, said Sarah Redman. Oh, it's spelled differently than the Sarah Redman I know. Founder and owner of Springtide Seaweed in Maine. She said, seaweed is a really interesting alternative because it provides those nutrients that are really hard to find in other land plants. With several companies bringing seaweed-based food products to markets, getting easier than ever to taste the sea. Here's why we can all benefit. For humans, seaweed is one-stop shop for our crucial nutrient need. Seaweed is an excellent source of dietary fiber and minerals. Through nutritional profiles vary slightly between green, brown, and red varieties, across the board, seaweed contains a number of vitamins, including B, C, E, K, omega-3 fatty acids, proteins, amino acids, polyphenols, and 10 times more minerals than land-based plants, according to a recent study. These essential minerals include iron, calcium, and iodine, right? So we talk about what's a good source of bioavailable calcium, this, 
What's a good source of iron? This. What's a good source of iodine? Right? So, so many times, especially individuals with thyroid-related issues, you know, we dive down a little bit deeper and we see that for the most part, they're probably iodine deficient. And so this is a really great way to throw it in. Seaweed has the ability to concentrate all the trace minerals in the ocean that we cannot access. They are sort of this balancing food that we can return some of those trace elements back into our bodies and into our diets. Um, they're like, however, you don't have to pile on your plate. Some are really high in iodine. So they're like, you might have too much of it. They advise, consumers are advised to eat it no more than three times a week. I always think about this, right? I do love sushi and I do eat little nori papers. I actually take canned salmon, um, boneless, skinless, wild caught canned salmon, smash in a whole avocado, add in some uh, seasonings, some mustard, and I mash it up. It doesn't it doesn't make it sound the greatest, but it really is good. It reminds me a lot of tuna salad, but a lot cleaner and healthier. No mercury in the tuna, right? But you, I put it in those little like nori wraps and I just wrap it up and I eat it like that. It's really it's surprisingly good. You know what? You want to know what? How I know it's good? My five and my three year old will eat and eat it up, and then my one and a half year old, I just have to like scoop it in because she can't really bite the nori paper yet, the seaweed. But it's really interesting because my kids actually love it. So as annoyed as I am at the fact that I am done with eating that and I'm still hungry because my kids ate half, is outweighed by the fact that they had a bunch of like seaweed and stuff like that they just think it's the best so they want to eat what mom ate so mom eats less of it and she's excited her kids are eating healthy so here we are but I think you know three times a week that's consistently every single week and so I don't eat sushi every single week I don't necessarily do those kelp wraps every single week I probably do it like every other or maybe sometimes twice a week so Am I concerned about getting that? Not really, like too much of it. They talk about why it's so great for the environment is seaweed is just as beneficial to our water systems. Carbon capture might be the buzzword of the moment. I've never heard of it before this article. In the fight to mitigate the climate crisis. But seaweed has been doing it naturally all this time. Seaweed pulls carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and uses it to make more carbohydrates. We're not sure how much seaweed farming it would take to have a significant effect on global warming, but it helps. Seaweed also works as a component of regenerative aquaculture by consuming nitrogen and phosphorus, two elements that can harm the ocean when found in large quantities. Seaweed also provides a place for smaller sea creatures to hide from predators. So how do you add it? You can kind of use it how I do as a wrap you can um, do seaweed salads. The one problem I have so many times with like restaurants though is that um, it's like neon green because I'm pretty sure they dye it. So I'm like, oh man. So if it looks kind of not appealing, I would go for that a little bit more. But you can actually get dried kelp ribbons. You can put it in soup, stews, dishes. You can... Uh, anywhere you'd put like sauteed kale or leafy greens, um, you can throw it into a smoothie. Just like when you put kale or spinach, you can't taste it. Similarly through here, you can mix it in with meatballs or ground beef if you're making that. Tons of ways. Um, 
Meatloaf is another one. I haven't made meatloaf in a while. So that might be another one too that you can add in. They do talk about how you can like sneak it. They have forms of kelp chocolate bars. So you can put it with like potato chips or chocolate chip cookies. But mm, I've seen it more of like a savory dish than sweet. So that is up to you. So seafood. Seafood is what's touted as the new superfood. Now when we come back, like we said, Food can be a blessing to your health or food can be a curse. And we'll break down more next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about how what you put in your mouth your nutrition, the choice of food you choose to consume has an effect on not only your immunity, but your mood. So this is really interesting. I stumbled across this article. Now, this article talks more so in reference to individuals with HIV, which if you're listening, you might think, well, that's not really applicable to me because maybe you don't have age or HIV. Though here's what's really interesting. They do so much more intensive research on individuals with HIV. More so because when you're looking at HIV, like what does it stand for? And it's human immunodeficiency virus. It's a virus that attacks the body's immune system. So we talk a lot about immune systems and study of what impacts the immune systems on patients with HIV. Though that being said, you can have a deficient immune system not having HIV. So some of this in here you'll see um, has these patients, but they're they're an easier demographic of people to test about what affects their immune system because their immune system is so sensitive because of the HIV, right? But here's what's when it breaks down the specific nutrients, this like it's a really great article about nutrition and the immune system. You are what you eat. We always talk about, are you fueling your tank, your gas tank with sugar, or are you fueling it with nutrients? So for example, they talk about cells are supported with vitamin D, appear to prevent mycobacterium avium complex, MAC, from growing in macrophages. So, but let's break down. So it has been long known that malnourished individuals are at a higher risk for infectious disease due to an inadequate immune response. 
Infection then leads to inflammation and worsens nutritional status, which further compromises the immune system. It's been considered a vicious cycle. So let's break down. Protein calorie malnutrition has a significant negative effect on various components of the immune system. Studies have shown decreased function of organs, thymus, spleen, lymph nodes, all very important immune system organs. <laughs> if you've never heard of them, if you're like, I don't know, I didn't even know I had a thymus, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> These are your immune system organs, thymus, spleen, lymph nodes. Um, studies have shown decreased functions of organs of immune systems of the malnourished humans. So the branch of the immune system that produces antibodies, right? We all know about antibodies now, right? We went through a pandemic and everyone's an expert on antibodies. The branch of the immune system that produces antibodies is depressed in malnutrition, specifically with a decreased number of circulating B cells in antibody responses. As for the other branches of the immune system, malnourished humans exhibit decreased CD4 and CD8 T helper counts, CD4 helper cells, CD8 T helper cells, and the cells have less ability to multiply and respond to infectious organisms such as viruses that live inside of them. Other mechanisms that kill infectious organisms are also depressed in malnutrition. So the function of cytokines chemicals that act as cell messengers, are altered in malnourished individuals. So replenishing of calories and protein is can be difficult, but essential in individuals who are looking at supporting their immune system. This is one of the things, and it's very, very unpopular, and I don't know why people get so offended by this, but when I see individuals who are long-term vegan or vegetarian, yes, I fully understand that there are other sources of protein, but oftentimes they are incomplete sources of protein and those individuals are not getting enough protein, which if you're vegan or vegetarian for three, six, nine months, you might not want to, you don't see it as much from a cellular component. But when we talk about like a year, two years, long term, it is very, very uncommon that I see malnourishment. The other thing that I see often is in individuals who are morbidly obese are also malnourished. And I know that that sounds crazy, but I've looked over dozens of individuals' lab work when they bring it in and they are overfed but undernourished. And it's a really, you know, unfortunate conversation to have with individuals just to talk about like what they're putting in the body has a caloric substance but it has no nutritional value. So let's break down a little bit more. So a vitamin A deficiency. So a vitamin A deficiency can interfere with how epithelial cells function, which is vital in maintaining tissue structure. So the ability of certain immune cells to kill infectious organisms and produce B and T, those are immune cells, are also dependent on the status of vitamin A. Beta carotene a predecessor to vitamin A, has been shown to be a deficiency in immune system compromised individuals. So since beta carotene is a strong antioxidant, supplementation may improve CD4 plus counts as well as natural killer cells, right? 
vitamin A. We'll talk about where to get all these sources as well. But when you're like, what is vitamin A? I thought I thought vitamin A and beta carotene was just for good eyes so I could see in the dark when I get older. Nope, affects your immune cell. Immune-related roles of vitamin C, right? We talk a lot about vitamin C, include collagen synthesis, phagocytes, oxidative burst activities, the ability of B and T helper cells to work properly. One small study of eight individuals demonstrated increased CD4 helper cells and decreased viral load levels after six days of high doses of vitamin C and N-acetylcysteine. So in the body, N-acetylcysteine, NAC, NAC, sometimes people call it, can turn into glutathione, which protects cells against early death. Glutathione is like the body's natural antioxidant. Low levels of B12 appear to be high with individuals with higher rates of infection. So B12 supplementation has been shown to improve both T cell counts and natural killer cell activities in people with significantly decreased vitamin B12. B12 and folate, folate's B9, are both involved in the production of genetic materials. Deficiencies of B6 can also occur in certain medications. Vitamin B6 deficiency um, appears to be decreased for T cell responsiveness. So not the number, but how quickly they respond and the natural killer cell's ability to kill infectious organisms. Vitamin B6 deficiency has also been associated with an increased risk for certain cancers. Vitamin E affects uh, cell membranes. So vitamin E has been deemed an, quote, antiviral nutrient. Uh, supplementation with E and A together in animals has demonstrated an enhanced function on neutrophil cells, which can kill infectious organisms. Neutrophils are a type of white blood cells. Right. So when we're looking at minerals, this is one we talk a lot about as we went through like the COVID. Zinc, selenium, magnesium, even a mild zinc deficiency has been shown to reduce thymic hormone production and activity, decrease the number of CD4 helper cells, harms the function of the T cells and natural killer cells, and neutrophils, white blood cells, increase cell death, impair the ability to kill infectious organisms, and interfere with cytokine production. (laughs) When zinc was supplemented with vitamin A, an increased number of immune cells were seen in humans. Now, what about omega-3s? Omega-3 fatty acids, normally found in fish oil, also have an effect on the immune system. Two fatty acids, EPA and DHA, have both been shown to decrease inflammation by modulating and influencing the cytokine production of T-cells. Another study showed that omega-3 fatty acids reduces the ability of some immune cells. Certain amino acids specifically glutamine and arginine, also play an immune-related role. So glutamine is important in maintaining the structure of the intestinal wall, which prevents infectious organisms from migrating across into the bloodstreams, and arginine contributes to the production of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator. It appears to have the ability to kill certain infectious organism activity. So now a couple things, right? So one, what you eat can actually increase your immune system. But two, when we're looking at sugar, sugar is an anti-nutrient. So when you have someone who has diabetes, for example, or they're pre-diabetic, 
If they continue to keep eating the way that they are, they will likely become diabetic. Those are ones that that, that excess sugar in there is an anti-nutrient. It's actually pulling away at those. So again, when we're looking at what we can do. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. So we know that what we put in our mouth has a direct effect on our immunity. I shared earlier that I had... Uh, an acquaintance that I know who, you know, just sick all the time, all the time, all the time. And I'm like, when are you going to break the cycle? Like, how are you eating at home? Well, I'm not really eating the greatest. And my spouse really isn't supportive. So we're like, we eat really poorly together. And I'm like, you're just going to be sick all the time then unless you decide to make the change. So when we talk about these, and I look at these things when we're like, This is not just a, hey, eat good to feel better, which obviously is what we desire, the tangible takeaway. But on a cellular level, when you're looking at what eating these vitamins, like how great is God? He created all of these things. And if we ate the way that God intended, like what would our immune system be like? It's very interesting. It's also why I always kind of have a little bit of a qualm when we talk about cold and flu season. And you're like, is it cold in flu season? Because flu season, you're not outside. You're not getting vitamin D. You're eating like absolute garbage throughout the holidays and justifying it with every holiday meal that you eat. And then we can't figure out why we're sick all the time. We're stressed because of all the ho- all this stuff. I spend time with family, blah, blah, blah. Come on. So let's talk about uh, vitamin A, right? We talked about top sources of beta carotene. Carrots, kale, spinach, cantaloupe, apricots, mango, Broccoli, pumpkin, asparagus, and peaches. Vitamin A. All very delicious things. What about food sources of vitamin C? Lemons, spinach, wild strawberries, cranberries, broccoli, potatoes, cayenne peppers, rosehip. Rosehip actually has one of like the highest sources of vitamin C. Um, right? We all know like oranges you can do oranges peas parsley cantaloupe but like I don't I don't see any pop tarts on there I don't I haven't I've yet to see on this list of vitamins right fortified lucky charms or hamburger helper I don't see it I don't see any on there I'm making friends right now food high in zinc oysters number one highest uh, chicken, grass-fed dairy, cashews, asparagus, spinach, almonds, red meat, right? You want quality. When we talk about this meat, we want quality chicken, organic meat, organic, grass-fed salmon, wild-caught, cacao, right? Pumpkin seeds, all very high in zinc. What about arginine? So arginine, we talked about arginine and glutamine. Arginine and glutamine are actually amino acids, right? So when we talk about arginine and glutamine, so for um, L-arginine, sesame seeds. Um, We look at turkey, chicken, beef, salmon, pumpkin seeds, spirulina. See, and this is one where like even with B12, most of the B12 sources are animal or animal byproduct based sources which is why vegans and vegetarian often oftentimes long term i see unfortunately are more nutritional deficient glutamine best sources of glutamine sauerkraut steak asparagus cheese cabbage broccoli broth 
good quality broth. EPA and DHA, right? These are your omega-3 sources. Salmon, sardines, algae. Okay, listen, people are like, oh my gosh, what do you mean algae? I literally, I should post it on our Facebook page. I got some blue-green, like blue algae, and I put it in my kids' pancakes. So we have like a an almond pancake mix, and I will throw in like a banana and the blue algae and when I tell you like this blue is vibrant the kids think it's the funnest thing ever and it's just a way for the kids to think it's fun it's blue algae I put a tablespoon or two in their pancakes and I know that they're getting algae and they have no idea it is just the best uh EPA liver flax seeds walnuts right? So if you're not eating this way, if you're like, how many times salmon's in there? Try to get that in once or twice a week. Like if we're not eating to fuel our body, if majority of our sources are coming from pizza and pasta, then we can't figure out why. And we're like, oh, you know what we're going to do? If you have a food that someone has had to fortify, 13 essential vitamins and nutrients, you know what um, that bag of salmon doesn't say? That. You know what your bag of asparagus doesn't say? That. It doesn't have to be fortified because it's naturally occurring. And that's the stuff you need. Not the synthetic vitamins. Not the synthetic iron that you have in these fortified foods. Like this is just true. Does it have a nutrition label on it? No. Then eat that. Right? Like are there commercials on television for them? No. Then eat that. Have it so your fridge is full and your cabinet's empty because you want to know what, when we start fueling the cells the way we're supposed to, our immune system gets better and our mood gets better. So when we come back, I'm going to touch base. How does nutrition affect mood and what we can do to help make it better? You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about how nutrition and the food you consume has not only an effect on your immune system, but also your general mood. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, Greenwood familychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now, we talked before about how, what vitamins, right? Because it's like, eat this for that. But here's, here's what we see more so, is that when there's a deficiency of a vitamin, this is where you start to see symptoms pop up, Right? And so what we do is instead of saying, hi, I'm going to eat, we, we're going to look to 
to fill in gaps, build nutrients. Hello, this is one. You may or may not believe in taking vitamins. <laughs> but I will tell you, if you are not getting this from your diet, then this is where you have to supplement. It does not mean you still have the breakfast toaster strudels and um, the general, you know, quick fast food sandwiches. Yes, Subway and Jimmy John's are fast food, right? We're having the sandwiches for lunch and then for dinner, we're doing the easy boxed meal or we're warming up pizza or we're going out to eat and all those things. We do that for so long over time and we're like, yeah, I have a salad once a week. Yeah, I have salmon once a month. And then we, we can't figure out how over the course of time, how we're so nutritionally deficient, how our immune system is just not being able to keep up. Gosh, I just feel like I get every single one because your immune system, literally when we look at the CD4 helper cells, the CD8 helper cells, I talked a little bit about, you know, how they reference a lot and do a lot of research with HIV patients. Well, interestingly enough, they actually looked at um, chiropractic care. In HIV patients. And we talk about nutrition, like what about why would you get adjusted? Like adjustments have nothing to do with your immune system, right? They only have to do with headaches, neck pain, and back pain. Well, what happens if I don't have headaches, neck pain, and back pain? Well, I'm not gonna go see you, Dr. Leanne Schluter at Greenwood Family Chiropractic as my chiropractor. I don't have headaches, neck pain, and back pain. You know, but what you are is chronically sick. Your immune system is deficient. And we put those back in there, but they actually looked at HIV patients. Two groups. One got chiropractic care. The other one did not get chiropractic care. They got sham adjustments. And they found that from CD4 and CD8 helper cells, you know, a very important aspect of your immune system was actually increased in the people who got adjusted. And it didn't say the same. Those CD4, CD8 helper cells did not say the same in the individuals who did not get adjusted. They actually fell. And so why it was one of the more magnitudinal of the studies in terms of immune system is that doing nothing didn't keep you the same. Doing nothing actually decreased your immune system or getting adjusted actually massively increased it, up to 200% increase. So when we're looking at the true five essentials, nutrition, decreasing toxicity, oxygen and lean muscle, mindset. But chiropractic is such an important thing, right? Corrective chiropractic care that we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Now, what about for mood? Now, this is one again, I see so much for a holiday season. Like why? Why are these things affecting your mood? Well, because you're consuming more caffeine. Well, because you're consuming more sugar. Well, because you're consuming more alcohol. Well, you're consuming less healthy vegetables and fruit. So the science behind mood and food. So the connection between diet and emotion stems from the close relationship between your brain and your gastrointestinal tract, often called your second brain. Here's how it works. Your GI tract homes more than billion, b -b billion of bacteria that influences the production of neurotransmitters. Those are chemical substances that constantly carry messages from the gut to your brain. Dopamine and serotonin are two common examples. Secondary fun fact, the way that those 
neurotransmitters get from your gut to your brain is your vagus nerve. Your vagus nerve is your 10th cranial nerve. It's called your wandering nerve. Crawls up there, right? So you talk about getting adjusted, but I don't have headaches, neck pain, or back pain. Why would I get adjusted? Do you have pressure or damage on your nervous system? Do you have shifting at C1? What does that occipital atlantal junction look like? Do you have underlying instability or ligamentous damage, right? Do you have a chiropractor, but they haven't checked that out? Hmm. Food for thought. So eating healthy food promotes the growth of, quote, good bacteria, which in turn positively affects neurotransmitter production. So a steady diet of junk food, on the other hand, causes inflammation and hampers that production. So when neurotransmitter production is in good shape, your brain receives these positive messages loud and clear, and your emotions reflect it. But when it goes awry, you might feel that in your mood too. So sugar is one of the biggest culprits and it feeds all the bad bacteria in the GI tract. Ironically, it can cause a temporary spike in feel-good transmitters like dopamine, right? We get that dopamine hit when we have that ice cream or a piece of cake or that ho-ho or the nutty buddy bar, (laughs) whatever. So, but that's where you consistently have to get, like if you're eating to get those dopamine hits, hits that's one of the reasons why you have to get more of it to get that same that's results in the fleeting sugar rush that there is followed by the crash that's terrible for your mood so another aspect that we look at so interesting i had stumbled upon this research study about omega-3 fatty acids in depression that was really really interesting omega-3s More specifically with the article, it talks about omega-3s had to be marine sourced. So what does that mean? Marine source being um, fish or um, certain algae is not as much, right? Because you're like, you can get omega-3s from chia seeds and hemp seeds and pumpkin seeds and flaxseed oil and flax seeds. All those things. Very good. Though the research specifically was at marine sourced. So that's where you're looking oftentimes where EPA and DHA are more often primarily in fish. And so when we're looking at these doses, I mean, they're larger doses. Um, And where this all started from the thought process of fish oil and decreasing anxiety and depression comes from the countries that have more Mediterranean sourcing in terms of diet have the least amount of anxiety and depression. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And that's how they started to dive into this. So how the omega-3s might improve your mood, like something like depression. So there's different mechanisms of action. For example, omega-3s can easily travel through the brain cell membrane and interact with mood-related molecules inside of the brain. They also have anti-inflammatory action that may help relieve depression. So in over 30 clinical trials, they've tested different omega-3 preparations in terms of depression. When they look at more clinical trials in the amount of the use of EPA or DHA+, most of them can range anywhere from 1 gram per day to 6 to 10 grams. So to give a perspective, 1 gram would um, correspond to eating 3 salmon each week. So it's one gram a day, three salmon a week. So if you're not doing that and you're not getting it in, then you really have to look at um, 
what your source is coming from. Do you need to find a good quality, healthy source? Another one that I know a lot about. And here's the other really great thing too. When I'm looking at these, I'm like, this is exactly what we test for in terms of functional medicine in the office. Like this is exactly when it's like, how much B6 do I really need? And is it low? How much B9? How much B12? How much magnesium? Where are, like we specifically have a fatty acid profile and looks and breaks down specific omega-3s, EPA, DHA, looks at omega-6s, omega-9s, it looks at trans fats, it looks at the ratio. It looks specifically at these to be able to break that down more individually on what your body needs. And you're like, I don't actually know what I need. That That is what, that's what we need. <laughs> like, um, But another one in terms of B6, right? Reason why. Uh, taking B6 can help reduce anxiety and depression in terms of research. B6, what B6 does is it helps your body turn protein and carbohydrates into energy and also plays a key role in your nervous system. So it's known for increasing the body's production of GABA. GABA, G-A-B-A, is gamma-aminobutyric acid. And what GABA is is a chemical that blocks impulses between nerve cells in the brain. Where is it found? It can be in salmon, right? Like, I don't know if you've gotten this, but like if you want to have a better immune system and you want a better mood, just like eat more salmon. <laughs> I feel like it's been on almost every single list. Um, tuna, chickpeas, bananas. So the functioning of the brain relies on delicate balance between excitatory neurons that carry information around and inhibitory ones which prevent runaway activity. So recent theories have connected mood disorders in some neuropsychiatric conditions with a disturbance of this balance, often in the direction of raised levels and brain activity. B6 helps the body produce a specific chemical messenger that inhibits impulses in the brain, and our studies link the calming effect with induced, reduced anxiety among the participants. The study was published in Journal of Psychopharmacology, Clinical and Experimental, and proves that um, <laughs> previous studies, they're trying to figure out what drives the stress-reducing effects of multivitamins. <laughs> Like, how cool. Imagine. Like, can we get this from your diet? Absolutely. Again, tuna, chickpeas, fruits, vegetables, like all the really great stuff you should be feeding your body. But you know what? Like, does it take more prep? Yes. But then all of a sudden, we're not into this trap where we're sick all the time. We're full of anxiety. We're full of depression. We're just trying to manage symptoms, all of those things. And we're like, well, what, what I eat has nothing to do with that. And that is one hundred percent not true one hundred percent so this is the one where this is where people don't really like this is that again as an adult 99.9 percent .9 of you you have 100 percent control over what you put in your body if you are paralyzed if you are mentally disabled you might be part of that small percentage but what you physically put in your mouth the conscious decision, what you choose to eat, has a direct effect on your immunity, has a direct effect on your cellular health, has a direct effect on your mood. And so this is one where we try to play the victim in a lot of these things, but we have to remember and get back to there. There has to lie some personal responsibility with the individual. 
And that, my friend, is what doesn't make friends. You know, when we have to be accountable for what we're doing and what we're eating and how we're feeling, there has to be an aspect that, that we, we say, you know what, we've got to do a little bit better. And so does it have a label? No, there's no ingredient list. It's, it's just a fruit or a vegetable or meat. Eat that. Right? Is it going to spoil in a week? Yes, eat that. Does it last in your cabinet for months at a time? Don't eat it. Full of rancid oil. Right? So let's look. Let's start making those changes, doing the research to really start investing in our health. Let's care about what we do. So what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or again, you can check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's Greenwood familychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Hopefully you learned something feeding food for our immunity and our mind. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.